If you're looking to start a podcast, the best place to start is Anchor. It's free. The creation tools allow you to record and edit the podcast right from your phone or computer. And Anchor will distribute the podcast for you. So you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Uh, You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And it's easy to do everything to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. This is director Harold Ramis talking about Groundhog Day. The original script, you know, when Danny and I talked about it, Danny imagined him living this day over and over for thousands of years. He goes from being a prisoner of that time and place to being master of that time and place. It's not about being the hero of the town. It's about doing what you can do in the moment to make things better instead of making things worse. If other people interpret that as you being the god of the town, which in a way he becomes, so be it. But that isn't his aim. I'm Danny Tavern. And listen, today we are talking about, well, I guess we're always talking about classics, but we're talking about a time loop classic and what is arguably the first Groundhog Day from like 1993, my guy. I've seen this film so many times, it feels like Groundhog's Day every time I watch it. I, I I will tell you my embarrassing story online that I was like, you know what? After watching Palm, Palm Springs, which is on Hulu. Great movie. Really good. I was like, you know what? Let me watch the original Time Loop movie. Like time loops are are weird. Like every every year or two, we see a Time Loop movie come again, and like it's either really good or really really bad. Uh, movie or TV show hashtag Russian Doll, another great <laughs> example. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna watch I'm gonna watch that movie with Bill Murray. And I typed it into my computer, and I was like, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. <laughs> and I will I will continue this embarrassing story by by saying that I did not catch myself for quite some time in realizing <laughs> this was not the movie I was I'm meant to be watching. Um, You're like, when does Bill Murray come in? <laughs> Uh, I had a lovely day watching Ferris Bueller's Day Off. But then I also got to watch this, which was fantastic. It's about a weatherman who finds himself inexplicably living the same day over and over again. This stars Bill Murray. Honestly, what I what I can only call, like, his height. Like, I feel like Bill Murray had, like, a time frame in which he was just doing oh, great yeah. movie after great movie after Late great movie. Late 80s, early 90s, Bill Murray. Classic Bill Murray. Classic Bill Murray. Um, Although you could say like Wes Anderson's Bill Murray is also classic Bill Murray. Bill Murray. But when did we get when did we get first Wes Anderson Bill Murray? Oh, that was like the two thousands, early two thousands. Wasn't that Royal Tenenbaums? No, no. That's what I was thinking of Royal Tenenbaums, but nothing before that, right? I don't. Well, he was in a uh, like Bottle Rock and stuff. I don't know. Either way, Bill Murray. <laughs> Bill Murray. Wonderful, wonderful gentleman. Andy McDowell's in this. Chris Elliott is in this. And as far as main cast, like those are our, those are our people. Of course, we have some. What I can only describe as like supporting cast members, mm-hmm. but I won't. I feel like as far as people know right now, those other three names. Dan, I, I, I can only describe myself as glowing when I realized that Harold Ramis directed this movie. I think that's like what makes it so great. So he wrote it. He's part co-writer with Danny Rubin. I mean, guys, if you don't know, if you don't know who Harold Ramis is, writer, director of Ghostbusters, 
And I mean, do we need anything else? Groundhog Day? <laughs> SECB. You know, he, he's been all over the place. That said, that said, I, yeah, I, I was like, this is going to be a classic, a classic romp. This was going to be a mm-hmm. fun time. And it, while it was a fun time, I found myself being like, oh, this is super depressing. <laughs> that's why I, I, it's, it's that's, when you realize that Harold Ramis wrote and directed it, it's almost surprising and also not because he's, he was such a talent, but it gets dark. <laughs> it gets real dark. I mean, again, Harold Ramis, Caddyshack, Meatballs, Stripes, like, I mean, Animal House. I mean, again, like we like we 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 just immediately associate him. We immediately associate Bill Murray with like doing comedy, and I thought this was got so heavy so fast that I was like, I don't know what I'm watching. Like, I <laughs> like I don't I don't know what I'm watching. Which is probably the second time I started I started a, a podcast talking about the genre that it ends up being in because I, I do find those things interesting. I just to be clear, I love that this I, I would describe this much more as a dark comedy than I would as just just comedy. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think like, I, anytime was, someone kills themselves with a toaster, it's a dark. Comedy. <laughs> I mean, there was a, there was a, there was a, a suicide sequence, like <laughs> a montage, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> yeah, an entire ass montage about killing themselves, and I like who who does that. In one end, I'm like, this is hilarious. On the other end, I think, my oh my, this is uh, this is just dark. But but there was a time right before that suicide sequence where I was like. Why, why hasn't no one tried to kill themselves? And I thought they would actually shy away from it. Yeah. Um, especially com- coming off of watching Palm Springs, I was like, yeah, like people should try to kill themselves in time loops just to see how far you can go. Trey, let's get to a dark question. How many time loops would you have to go through? How many re- repetitive days before you gave it a go? I'll be, I'll be honest. I think, I think I would be having. I think he tried to kill himself and then had fun with it. Yeah. I would actually probably do the exact opposite. I'd be like, "Oh my gosh, I have so much time to do." I don't know. I don't I'm, know. I, I, I sculpting, and then I'd be like, "Yeah, okay, I mastered everything I wanted to do in life, and I can't get forward." I mean, so we have the advantage my- of seeing having seen Groundhog Day. So if we ever get caught in a loop, we know how to handle it. But <laughs> find love. <laughs> find love. I mean, I guess that's what. Not to turn this into a Palm Springs episode, but that's their characters were fully aware of the movie Groundhog Day, right? Which, which is interesting now, isn't mine, it? Mine, mine um, would be a dozen, a dozen time loops, and then I'd be like, "All right, let's see this toaster." Wait, wait, wait as in like twelve days? You you would wait twelve days? <laughs> All right, well, if you say it like that, maybe I have to reconsider. Quarantine's been rough, Trey. I'm telling you. I think, I think you need to get somebody for yourself, man. Yeah, I guess not, because um, quarantine has kind of become Groundhog Day. It, it is Groundhog Day. Um, so, so six months. <laughs> if you have to do it for another month, you're out. I <laughs> uh, should not joke about seriousness. <laughs> but it's a part of it's part of the show. It's part of the movie anyway. And which, yeah, I, I like I, I did find it really amusing, and I enjoyed that they dealt with I think very human stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like. It does get weird and a bit yucky at times, but the idea that he's like trying to get this girl is really nice. He starts off as an asshole, (laughs) but 
My my problem with him being the asshole is that he didn't feel like an actual asshole. Like, he never felt like an actual asshole. He never felt like an unlikable character. He felt like someone, for me, he felt like someone who was pretending to be an asshole for asshole's sake, which is fine, but... Like it wasn't like a, it, I don't know. It didn't feel like a wink to the audience. Like this guy has a gooey sensor. It was just yeah. more like, it was just more like, he was being a jerk just to be the jerk. There was no reason for him not to be a jerk. If he didn't like his job, he should have quit. If he didn't like, like you know right. what I mean? Like I. But even I even at that, even at that, regardless of where the intent of being an asshole, if you're doing it intentionally or if you're doing it like lightheartedly. He still is very rude to people. <laughs> I, 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 I truly wonder how he got by. Yeah. Like, also, especially I, I don't... for being someone who's like in the public light and is on TV and has to deal with people pretty often. Kind of a grouch. Yeah. <laughs> he was in that that 1990s film, Scrooged, so, mm-hmm. which I watched. So, yeah, I, mean, I guess he was up for it. Listen, I, yeah, again, I, I truly enjoyed it. I think... So this movie, this movie was written on spec, if I'm not mistaken. And for all of you guys who don't know, like, no, a writer decided to create this movie out of thin air and the studios bought it. This was not existing property. Time loops... Time, the, the trope or, or tool of time loops was around. It originated in short stories back in Japan, according to the internet. But this was the first major Hollywood showcasing of a time loop. And this is why we always refer to it when we see things repeat itself. Hmm. But just to stop right here for quite for just a second and talk about like spec scripts. Like spec scripts don't exist anymore. Yeah, everything's a remake or a reboot or a adaptation. Uh, yeah, and like like every other film in the 90s was Oh, we just bought the script. We just bought the spec. We just bought the spec, and this great new writer, or even a veteran writer, just came in with this great uh, script, and we just bought it. And there was like wars over buying these things. Now we have like the blacklist, or whatever the list, or festivals, or anything mm-hmm. else. And even then, we get these writers who who have scripts that get them attention, or even get them like signed with an agent or or somebody, or get themselves a deal, or whatever it is. But we almost never, like, spec scripts in itself never see the light of day. Or, sorry, in comparison, they never see the light of day. But, yeah, they, they just, they're not as, like, wild anymore. They're not out in the wild yeah. uh, as much as they used to be. And I think maybe that's just because of the times. Maybe that's just because of writers, just, like, so many more writers have the accessibility to put their stuff online. I, actually, I don't know. And I think I think it's all about money, really, right? Like, IP is everything. Well, well definitely go see them. Yeah, there's guarantee... You know when something's going to be good if it already is good. Exactly. Like if if Groundhog Day had a sequel, we would likely all flock to the sequel. Look at Bill and Ted. If no one thought Bill and Ted was going to make money, right. they wouldn't have made it. <laughs> strangely, strangely enough, I haven't seen the third Bill and Ted, but I hear it's great. I just watched it. It's pretty good. Was it good? Yeah. It's a good. It definitely. Wow. It definitely decreases as the uh, series goes, but still really good. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's just how series go, yeah. isn't it? Like, look at Hangover 3. The first one was amazing. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, I, I just thought it was interesting that this was kind of like this original, original-ish story that was being told. And uh, listen, let, let's just go through it. This happens several, like, we can only call them loops. But, you know, Weatherman Bill Murray 
goes to Punxsutawney, Philadelphia to, or Philadelphia, Punxsutawney, uh, Pennsylvania to report on the uh, Groundhog Day and is forced to relive that day over and over and over again. So we end up seeing chunks of these loops that he's that he's in. And honestly, nothing, nothing super significant happens, right? Like there's this main storyline that he's just like this, like middle-aged curmudgeon who's like hates everything and everyone and he's in Punxsutawney with his team of two other people cameraman who's playback Chris Elliott and I think producer who's Andy McDowell McDowd and yeah like the the main storylines is he likes women so we see him pick up women we see Mm -hmm. him eventually like him having his one night stands eventually turns into him feasting his eyes on Andy McDowell which is a thing that I found weird, like the transition. I was like, I I don't know if I like this very much. Yeah. Yeah, it, well, it, yeah, it very much felt like a, I had everyone in the sound that I could get, and now I'm going to get you. And, oh, yeah, I love you? Uh, anyways, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. You know, we then end up in, in, like, his major transformation of being a nicer person, being a good guy. And we see him do terrible things. We see him do really awful things. Again, for no reason. But again, he's in a time loop and we aren't. So I think we just judge him as doing terrible things. But and he, I think he's pretty open about his, his, his being miserable at the beginning. Like he doesn't want to be there at all. He wants to leave as soon as possible. So the second the first time loop comes around, he's already in hell. And then it exactly. grows and grows and grows with every, every new morning. Exactly, and which is great. I, I, I don't. Uh, I was gonna say I, I'm not sure if I wanted to see him get tortured a little bit more, but I think I, I think I would. I, I, I don't know. I, I think I would like to have seen him. I don't know. I I, th- I think I think the the. I, I think my big thing on this episode, and then you can let me know what other notes you have on it, is something that I learned that that Bill Murray and Harold Ramis, like this was the end of their working relationship for quite some time. So oh. from this movie, uh, from this movie until like 2013, like 2013, 14 or something like this, they haven't even, they didn't speak. And I, like there was some turmoil and I, like I, rumors, I, I won't get into the rumors or anything else, but pertaining to this film, it was like Bill Murray wanted to focus on like the philosoph- philosophical elements of of this whole thing and deal with like the morality, the morality of it all. Mm-hmm. And Harold Ramis wanted to deal with like the comedy of it all. That's um, really interesting. Cause I, my favorite part of it is the Bill Murray side of it. Like the, how would I react? What would a human do? What is deemed like bad or good? If you have to keep doing it over and over, like if, if consequences don't matter, if you're going to wake up in the same place, the next day how would you behave how would you behave and I, I i actually completely agree with you i i am on this bill murray side completely and it, it's because of this role again i i'm not sure if i consider this a com- like a comedy period i think it's, it's a dark comedy but it was because of this role that led him to be considered as uh, a quote-unquote serious actor mm-hmm. like uh, you know to be led in i, I think I think it's actually showed in the the roles that we have Bill Murray after this that we we get to see him kind of express himself in a different way than like the goofy the goofy guy that we maybe saw him in like Little Shop of Horrors or you know you know Ghostbusters and everything else. And I feel like that's kind um, of who he's become today. He's that like 
like even just as a person, as a persona, I think everyone, I don't think people see Bill Murray as just like a haha funny man. Like he's like a, one of those like deep funny men, like, like a Jim Carrey or, or like Robin Williams, like someone who's like funny, right. like, un, like undeniably funny, but also very profound and likes to get at the like human nature of things. Yeah, I mean, I mean we're, we we get to see that in Lost in Translation, right? And we we get right, in in a few of his movies. Uh, only thing, only reason something about Lost in Translation is because of the uh, next Sofia Coppola movie he's going to be in, which I'm really excited to to see that. But yeah, I I, I do think that's quite interesting. But it, yeah, led to this like big rift between the two of them, which I think is like from what I read anyway, went on to right before Harold Ramis passed away. Which I think is truly, truly interesting. I don't think I again. I I will stand by the fact that I don't think this movie is ha ha has all the jokes. Interesting. I think we get some of the Bill Murray that we know and love of making you know these these, these uh, like whip fast comments and like self deprecating kind of tones and all, mm-hmm. all of this, and then that really <laughs> starts to translate into something that's a bit has a bit more depth. And not that it's not funny, but I, I do think it. Get, I th- I think it gets deeper as the movie gets on. Yeah, but it also gets, gets a bit sticky. Yeah, it gets so uh, philosophical that you don't really have time to focus on the jokes anymore. Right, and I think which is why I kind of think like this whole relationship thing gets a bit sticky because it doesn't it doesn't feel like besides like a stolen glance at the beginning of the movie. It doesn't doesn't really feel like this is who he's like been pining for. Yeah, it was like a relationship of circumstance, right? Which is super unfortunate. But I guess we have. I guess we ended with something. I don't know. I I, I don't know. I'm not. I, again, I'm not sure if I like the way that it ended. And just just to go back to like how Harold Ramis and Bill Murray kind of thought about this like bill murray was like you know they wanted to go on the theme of you know living each day the same way and like bill murray was like uh living the same like what it looks like to live the same day out of fear like in real life living the same day Mm -hmm. out of fear because it's what it's what we do i think we all we all live this like never changing life because this is what we know like you and i literally just had a conversation exactly and how raymond's point of view was just like love makes everything better and, that, and that's kind of what we see. We see we don't see him get out of the time loop until like he truly falls in love with Annie McDowell's character. And I think I think that's a bit tragic. I'm I'm all like it, it, it's weird because it, it it's also toes a line between being this like romantic comedy and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm all about that. But I feel tricked into it, and that's what I don't like. Right? Yeah, it's like under a like a guy's of a rom-com exactly and i feel i feel it's a definitely it's definitely an interesting movie to watch during quarantine because so much of the last five to six months have felt very groundhog day like where it's just repetitive nothing matters like there's no end to this like loop 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 and yeah it's just interesting to see like the stages he goes through and yeah, eventually the basically, yeah. Like you said, finding love or just finding something that makes the repetitiveness feel new. Exactly. Exactly. For instance, I just got a puppy last week, (laughs) man, has that, that's changed everything about quarantine. Now everything is new. 
everything is new. The P-spots, the whining. Uh, I'm, I'm so sorry. But, you know, now you have, you have infinite days to train your dog and then get bored with it. Mm-hmm. I, I, have, I have nothing else on this, Dan. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I think it's, I'll ask yeah. you, what, what's your big takeaway of what the – what's the meaning of this? What's the meaning of, of life, Trey? If, if there's no consequences to stuff, how are we supposed to live? Well, I, I think this goes very much with my original answer of what would I do in the time or how long until I try to kill mm-hmm. myself. And that's – I think I have a lot to learn about me. And I think I have a lot of goals mm-hmm. personally that I want. I would, I think I would like to try before, you know, giving up on them. I, I, I do think it's about new experiences and trying new things. If I was on a time loop, of course, there's restrictions and limitations to all this. I do think love is an aspect to it. I think, I, I don't know if that, that is like a romantic love, but I do think finding those things that you do love is, is an aspect to all of it. I, yeah, I, don't think I'd relate that to the movie because I, again, I just don't think that's what he was missing. I don't think it was like a good girl who's going to be hard on him and not take his crap was what he was missing. Right. Um, but yeah. What, what? Well, like we said, like we kind of do live in loops, like just cause we have schedules, we have routines. We do to some extent, our days are become similar to one another. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's finding that maybe not purpose, that might be a little too lofty of a word, but finding something to yeah, break that mundane, something that you love, something that interests you. I think it is kind of like a not self-help exploration, but more of a learning about yourself, like you said, like yeah. finding things that help you develop because at the end of the day, that's all you can do. You know, like you can't, you can change the world around you, but you, that comes through forming yourself and discovering yourself. Dude, you got, you got real deep. I, I like half of the time. I, I do think, it, I, th- I do think it's one of those things that hit you in a very philosophical way that, you just don't have otherwise. So I, I completely agree with mm. you. But with that, with our very soppy note, Dan, <laughs> why don't you go first? Tell me what you rate this bad boy. You know what? I'm going to say Groundhog Day is required watching. I think it's a comedy on the on the face of it, but deep down it does get to some like very deep existential questions about like, what are we doing here? What's the meaning of life? If do things matter? If they don't, how do we behave? If they do, how does that change how we interact with each other? And I think it, honestly, I think seeing this movie over and over, much like Bill Murray's character in the movie, it really, you start to think about what's important. How do I behave in the world around me? And how can I make that better? That, that interaction. I, well, I, I actually couldn't agree more. I do think this is required watching. I, I do think there's something incredibly original about this, despite, you know, it, it being used to no end. So I, I think this trope, like this trope is, is, is used continuously for a reason. And that's because of how it tells this particular story. 
and how it gets you to think about yourself in the world and also what you would do if you would ha- if you had so many chances. And in all reality, we do have a lot of chances. It's, it's being able to wake up every day and do something new and different and be a better person. I am speaking so philosophically about this. I'm really proud of myself. But it's kind of like it's a wonderful life. Right. It's, like, it's that ability to reflect and just kind of reevaluate. And luckily, we're not in a Groundhog Day situation. So we can do things that actually will have consequences, whether good or bad. Exactly. And yeah, I mean, listen, the perform- I think the performances in this are, are, are just fantastic. I, I think the writing... Yeah, also, it's, it's still pretty it, funny. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, fucking, it's really funny. It's a fun movie. I, I, feel like, I feel like I didn't know what was going to happen from one second to the next. And you think... I think just when you think you know, it... I don't know, I, again, it, it gets pretty dark in a really unexpected way, which I th- think is funny because you go, oh, oh yeah, I would probably be the exact same way. Or yeah. I wouldn't. But yeah, I, I think definitely required. Absolutely. Dan, this has been a heavy episode and I was not expecting it. So thank you. <laughs> I know. I feel like the the funny movies are the heavy ones and the action <laughs> movies are the funny ones. I don't know what, what, what anymore. We don't know what we're doing. Listen, until next time, I think we have one more for October to actually, I don't even know the schedule. I don't know where we are. Quarantine is, is what day exactly. Is I actually think, I think Robocop is last, last on the schedule. So maybe, maybe see you in October. So that's our episode. I'm your host, Trey Epps. What did you think of the movie? Did I get it right or was I completely off base? Leave a message and we'll play it during our our next episode and discuss. Required Watching is a movie club, so as much as I'd love to hear my own voice, I would love to hear from you guys. There's a link in the show notes where you can leave a voice message or you can hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at Required Watch. See you there.